My weapon is a man I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Open our eyes, death is defeated, the king is alive. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a man I raise a hallelujah, heaven's come to fight for me, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes, with everything inside of me, I raise a hallelujah. I watch the darkness flee, fear's lost its hold on me, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder, you'll hear the praises roll with everything inside of me, I raise a hallelujah. I watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah. Fear. You guys can be seated. Don't come talk to us for a minute. 
back. Uh, announcements, uh, every Saturday night is freeway. Uh, sorry, I could do this faster. Sorry, I could do this faster. Uh, every Saturday night's freeway. Uh, supper is at 5.30, and the service follows supper at 6 p.m. By the way, uh, they are looking for more people to cook. If anyone is interested, Wednesday night uh, services, dinner is at 6 p.m. By the way, uh, they are looking for more people to cook. If anyone is interested in cooking on Wednesday night service, help, help a team in cooking, please get in contact with Jeannie Donaldson. Jeannie, wave your hand. Uh, if, if anyone is interested in, in uh, but anyway, that's, uh, dinner's at 6, classes start at 6.45. Uh, Bible study tonight, we're doing a David Jeremiah study on spiritual warfare. Uh, tonight's lesson will be the first part of are we really in a war? Are we really in a war? Uh, I think those men who attended last week enjoyed it, and, and I promise you it'll be a good, good one tonight. Uh, Wednesday, July, uh, for families and youth. Men's Bible study tonight. We're doing a David Jeremiah study on spiritual warfare. Uh, tonight's lesson will be the first part of are we really in a war? Are we really in a war? Uh, I think those men who attended last week enjoyed it, and, and I promise you it'll be a good, good one tonight. Uh, Wednesday, July the 20th, this Wednesday night will be a prayer night. We have one of those every uh, once a quarter, I think it is. It's a the 28th is uh, taking back Marshville. Uh, PAC will be hosting a meet and greet debate at 7 p.m. here at the church prayer night. Uh, Thursday, the 28th, is uh, taking back Marshville. Uh, PAC will be hosting a meet and greet debate at 7 p.m. here at the church. It will also be live on Facebook. It's something that they candidates and uh, on Saturday, July the 30th, Crossbridge has an outreach at the Rotary Park that they have done in the past and uh, I guess will continue to do, but it is a, an opportunity to meet the candidates and uh, on Saturday, July the 30th, Crossbridge has an outreach at the Rotary Park at three to six, Mike Simons is the one in charge of that, so see him for any details. Uh, women this Friday at 8.30 at the Prickly Cactus Women's Swim Party at the Man's Women's Coffee this Friday at 8.30 at the Prickly Cactus Women's Swim Party at the Man's at 8. 
no, uh, Sunday, Sunday, July, bring a snack to share. So are there any other announcements that I've missed? Anyone? By the 31st, I'm sorry. Uh, from six, or from three till six, bring a snack to share. So are there any other announcements that I've missed? Anyone? Okay, at this time we will... Uh, We'll take up our offering, so uh, anyway, if you want this day for your blessings to us financially, Lord, as we stand back up, please, I'll bless the offering. Lord, we thank you this day for your blessings to us financially, and Lord, as we come to give that portion that's yours, we pray that you would bless it, we pray that we would use it who have given in the past and will give in the future in a way that would glorify you. We're thankful, Lord, for all those who have given in the past and will give in the future. God, may you continue to bless this church in giving. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
can be seated. I was reminded last night at the freeway service, Nick Kelly, that uh, uh, Nick Kelly gave his testimony. Those who weren't here and didn't hear it, may, maybe you can pick it up on Facebook, but great job, Nick. And what uh, he talked about his father, I know Father's Day has come and gone, but he talked about his father. In that I know how my father affected my life, and uh, it, it's good mom and dad here today. Way good to have Pastor Jeff's mom and dad here today. Wave your hand. Just for those of you who haven't met them before, uh, they are our, our guest speaker today. I think, uh, and, and also I might just say. Our, our, our guest speaker today, I think uh, one time he may have been Pastor Jeff's youth pastor. So those of you who would like when he was in that stories about our pastor, when he was in that 14, 15, 16 year age group, I'm sure they could... Uh, probably write a book for you, fatherly figure. <laughs> so uh, anyway, thank you for the fatherly figure. <laughs> she may want to testify even now, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, our, our, our guest speaker, we're blessed. And uh, he is today, Earl Stewart is his name, and uh, he is another uh, part of Timber Ridge, uh, Timber Ridge served last night at the, the freeway. They to this church, and they serve once a month. And what a blessing they are to to this church and and to the freeway ministry. So, thank you. Go ahead, Earl. Thank you. Kind of takes the edge off. Uh, as Denny said, my name's Earl Stewart. I've got most of my family here with me today. I have one son that lives up north of Kansas City, and uh, this wasn't his week. And two daughters here with me to come home, so, so I don't have him with me. I have two grandchildren, two daughters here with me, along with my wife, Melinda. Most of you probably know Melinda. She's from around here. She was a raider, so she's probably related to everybody here. And uh, but I'm from here, although I've made a great, originally from Kabul. So I'm I'm kind of a transplant here, although I've made a great a great life for myself here in Marshfield. I love this town, love this community, love Webster County. So uh, yes, I was Jeff's youth pastor. I'm so so. Uh, he kept things going. Today we're going to talk about opposition. I've known Jeff 
probably about 30 years, I would say. I don't know, somewhere in there. And uh, he was pretty ornery. I will admit that he was very ornery. But it can be in our job or our role as our, in our family. It can be our role in the community. It can come from within our own family, with, uh, from our own coworkers. It can come from anywhere. And sometimes it's at the least expected places it comes from. But what about in our Christian walk? How many of us face opportunities? They always kept things lively, you know, so, so uh, he kept things going. Today we're going to talk about opposition. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 12. Um, we all face opposition, no matter what it is we try to do. It can be in our job or our role as our, in our family. It can be our role in the community. It can come from within our own family, with, uh, from our own coworkers. It can come from anywhere. And sometimes it's at the least expected places it comes from. We all have a past, and when, but what about in our Christian walk? How many of us face opposition when we try to move forward with the work that God has for us in his kingdom? And that's another time that it may come. I, I, worked at show, I work at Show Me Power, so I know Joel, Darren, Denny. I don't think there's any others here, but so. Um, let's get back to it. We all have a past. And whenever we feel called to do something, but we laugh sometimes when somebody gets a bad break. Or Darren, Denny, I don't think there's any others here, but so. Um, let's get back to it. We all have a past. And whenever we feel called to do something that God has for us to do, those people come out of the woodwork that want to oppose us. For some reason in America, people get joy in seeing other people in some certain way. And our weaknesses are something that people want to remind us of on a daily basis. And they bring up the things, the very things, doing this, or you can't do this because yesterday I seen you sin uh, in some certain way. Uh, but the Bible says in Ephesians that we're supposed to press on and forget those things behind us. Sometimes that's very tough because our past heart. We, let, we start thinking the same thing about ourselves. But that means if we're ineffective, the kingdom of God doesn't grow. We can't cross because we let it get in our head. We let it get in our heart. We, let, we start thinking the same thing about ourselves. But that's what the devil wants us to do. The devil knows he can't steal our salvation. He can't, he can't uh, take what God's given to us, but he can make us. The opposition he faced when rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. I'll summarize Nehemiah right quick. So when I started reading it, I thought, when I, when I first got the sermon, uh, I was thinking, well, I could probably just preach the whole book of Nehemiah. Boy, was I wrong. So we're going we're gonna to concentrate everybody to Babylon and about... Uh, I don't, 70 years later, allowed some of them to return. Some of them had made themselves as well, and the Temple of Solomon was destroyed. 
But those that did return tried to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, but were unsuccessful because the enemy constantly attacked. And you can read about that in Ezra, uh, bearer for the king, who was one of those people that had worked himself into a promise. Nehemiah inquired of the walls of Jerusalem, and they said the walls of Jerusalem are in Jerusalem are in ruin. The survivors, which isn't a very good way to subscribe to describe somebody as a survivor, are in peril because the walls down, the gates are burnt, and they can't be rebuilt. The walls of Jerusalem were important because the Jews would never be able to live in peace in Jerusalem. Nehemiah to go back and rebuild the wall would never be able to live in peace in Jerusalem without those walls. They would always be under constant attack. Not only them, but the temple would always be under constant attack. Nehemiah hit his knees while rebuilding the walls. That'll come into play later in the sermon. But this book could be a a thousand sermons in itself, but we'll concentrate on this one chapter in verses 1 through 12. First, we're going to look at the the kind of opposition Nehemiah faced. We're going to talk about ridicule first. In verses 1 through 3, it says, When Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry himself. But we'll concentrate on these, this one chapter in verses 1 through 12. Today, can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What they are building, even a fox climbing up on, would break down their wall of stones. Join me in prayer. Lord, I ask that you would cleanse my heart, forgive me of my sins, and allow me to be of stones. Join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the living guide we have in this book, Lord. I ask you to bless everybody here, Lord. I ask you to get out of this message what you had intended. Questions. I was upset because they were rebuilding the wall. Sanballat was a governor. He was a leader, a ruler. And he didn't like the fact in this set of verses, there's a lot of questions. But don't we question ourselves enough? We don't need those questions from the outside. If you read that, it says they were feeble. And yes, the Jews were feeble. They were not uh, a strong race of people. Uh when he said, will they offer sacrifices, he ridiculed their determination. He was saying, do you think they will just feeble? And yes, the Jews were feeble. They were not uh, a strong, monumental task. And we all face those monumental tasks, those tasks that we look at and say, that's just too much. There's just no way I can do that. We don't need somebody from the outside telling us that. We are that no matter what he done, God was going to do what was planned. But what did Nehemiah do when he faced this ridicule? If we go on to consider that it was God building that wall, that Nehemiah and his people were just God's instruments, and that no matter what he'd done, God was going to do what was planned. Their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. That's, that prayer seems a little rough, doesn't it? He's not praying for their <laughs> blessings. He's asking for God to do specific things. Some would say that doesn't sound like a very, that's, that prayer seems a little rough, doesn't it? He's not praying for and just whooped them off. 
But instead, he turned it back to God, which is what we're supposed to do. God's okay with us being angry. God's not okay with us. I may not have read all I need. Give that to God. That's what Nehemiah did. After his prayer, what did he do? He went back to work. Sometimes that's not easy to do when we face opposition. They rebuilt it to half their height, and the people worked with all their heart. Jerusalem. We could get a lot done in this world. But whatever we decide to do, we're going to be ridiculed. We're going to have people who say, you aren't qualified. You don't have the talent, and so on. My dad was a, uh, was a preacher in his later years. All the time I was growing up, he was an alcoholic. So wide, if we all worked with our whole heart and worked together to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. We could get a lot done in this world. But whatever we decide to do, we're going to be ridiculed. We're going to have people who say, you aren't qualified. You don't have the talent, and so on. Never forget that past and say, you're not qualified to do this. But you know what he did? He prayed, and he moved forward. He kept going, and moved forward. That's all we can do. Uh, uh, hurting them. No doubt the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed. They were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But, but what did they do? Once again, they prayed and moved forward. But this prayer is a little different. This prayer and what they did, we're not a people called to pray and set. We are a people called to pray and move. What did they do? Once again, they prayed and moved forward. But this prayer is a little different. This prayer and what they did is a little different. They not only prayed, they made a plan. It says they set guards uh, day and night. We're not a people called at least visiting people and speaking the truth to them, then you need to pray about that. I gave in and I prayed and I moved forward. I don't know how people in the congregation feel, but I feel like I'm doing what God's called me to do. And I feel blessed because of that. I feel like my family's blessed because I prayed and I moved forward. I don't know how people in the congregation feel, but I feel like I'm doing what he wants to roar like a lion, saying that he's going to devour us. And we got to block all that stuff out. I got ahead of my notes there. But once again, we're not called to. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right they're among them, and will kill them and put an end to their work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, we're called to pray and move. Sorry, I, I got out of line there. So let's talk about discouragement, opposition through discouragement. Let's read uh, 4, 10 through 12. 
Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, we were forced, or they try to force us to agree with things that aren't consistent with our faith. Is the devil trying to get in there? And as I said before, he can't kill us, but he can kill our witness. He can kill our testimony. He can kill our work when he starts putting these doubts in our heads. When he starts putting things in our heads that says, oh, chapter or verse 11 where it says, Before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. That's what the devil's doing to us today. The society we live in today, where we're forced, or they try to force us to agree with things that aren't consistent with our faith, is the devil trying to get in there. And as I said before, he can't kill us, but he can kill our witness. He can kill our testimony. He can kill our work when he starts putting these doubts in our heads. When he starts putting things in our heads that says, oh, we have to stand guard against that. Because the devil will work his way in. But in this case, they seen this task as, mo as a monumental thing. They said there's more rubble than what we can deal with. I've had times in my life when I've had more rubble than what I could deal with. I've had sins and temptations that overcome me. And, well, this is okay if, if we do this in society when we don't stand up for our principles because we want to be politically correct or woke or whatever it is that this country wants us to be right now. We have to stand guard against that because the devil will work his way in. But in this case, they seen this task as, mo as a monumental thing. They said there's more rubble than what we can deal with. I've had times in my life when I've had more rubble than what I could deal with. I've had sins and temptations that overcome me, and, and I just, I'm in despair. I don't know what to pray through that and move forward, just like Nehemiah did. What to do? You know, I'm human. Everybody here is human. The more opposition came, the more Nehemiah depend on God to protect us. Because if we're saved, we know even depend on God. I, I feel blessed, I've, you know, uh, getting to do what I do for God here. Uh, but if I get killed for what I'm doing, it's their own church. If that last verse... Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever, they, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Unfortunately, sometimes our discouragement comes from within our church. Maybe not within our local church, but within our church as a community, as a whole. But sometimes that internal discouragement we get comes from our own heads. We don't we don't need somebody outside, as I said earlier, telling us about our weaknesses or our failures. This is where it came from their own church. If that last verse, then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever, they, wherever you turn, they will attack us. 
Unfortunately, sometimes our discouragement comes from within our church. Maybe not within our local church, but within we have to pray and move forward. That's the whole theme of this. We have to pray and move forward. We're not called to sit still. The church as a community, as a whole. I don't know how we deal with that. It's always going to be there because people who are unhappy try to make everybody else unhappy. Our own naysayers. Uh, they'll bring up our past. They'll remind us of fear. We'll face fear of failure. That's the biggest one for me is fear of failure. I've, I think it would be a biggie for a lot of people, fear of failure. And that was one of the positions. We have our own naysayers. Uh, they'll bring up our past. They'll remind us of our failures. They'll point out our sins. They'll point out our weaknesses. They'll tell us we're in over our heads. But we can't let them. We will all face fear. We'll face fear of failure. That's the biggest one for me is fear of failure. Preach comes from life that I have no control of. We've all been rejected by somebody. And at times we might even face fear of bodily harm. We live in a pretty safe area right here. We don't have to deal with, with uh, people usually, you know, trying to bodily harm us. That isn't the case everywhere that you can even walk down the street with a Bible in your hand. And, and uh, we're probably going to be fairly safe. We'll face discouraging times. And most of that discouragement will come from within. Our own minds will tell us we aren't good enough. Our own doubts will tell us we don't have enough faith. And Satan will get in our thoughts. The Nehemiah, because he had a letter from the king. From the king of kings. They can't harm us. We just have to move forward. Nehemiah kept his heads da head down, his, kept his hands busy with God's work and relied on prayer at every attack from the devil and supplies our needs. We need to remember that sometimes. When we face the bullies, when we face the naysayers, that they can't harm us. We just have to move forward. Nehemiah kept his heads da head down, his, kept his hands busy with God's work and relied on prayer at every attack from the devil. But there's one more thing we need to know about Nehemiah. There's nothing special. All of Nehemiah's success came in his secular job. Nehemiah wasn't a priest like Malachi. He wasn't a prophet like Ezra. He was a layman. You may say, God could never use me. One of these days, he will use you. He will use you to help somebody. If you're an electrician, you'll help somebody. If you're All of Nehemiah's success came in his secular job. As most of us sitting here today have a secular job. Whatever skills and talents you may say, God could never use me. One of these days, he will use you. He will use you to help somebody. 
If you're an electrician, for those opportunities. Sometimes God will smack you right in the face with them. Sometimes they're more subtle. But you will have that opportunity. So keep that in mind when somebody tells you you're not educated enough. You're not faithful enough. You're not of a correct standing in order to do this job. Remember, Nehemiah, you're not faithful enough. You're not of a correct standing. My commentary is saying this. Leaders must prepare themselves for thing when Satan keeps attacking them. I believe that. I believe that. I have to get this out of my head when I'm, when I'm going somewhere to preach because I get the feeling unworthy. I get the feeling opposition because they oppose Jesus. I mean, what makes us think that we can get through this life? I believe that. I have to get this out of my head when I'm, when I'm going somewhere to preach because I get the feeling unworthy. I get the feeling uneducated, not knowledgeable enough. But then I have to remember, this is God's message. I'm just the mouthpiece. We're guaranteed to have that opposition because they oppose Jesus. I mean, what makes us think that we can get through this life without some sort of ridicule? He was falsely accused. He was beaten. He gave his life up for us. He suffered, died, and was buried without some sort of opposition when they did it to our Jesus. He was ridiculed for his compassion for sinners. He was tested in the desert by what it means to us. That is our freedom from death. Although we, may, we will die physically, nobody gets out of here alive. That's what it means to us. That is our freedom. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be in a three-piece suit. You don't have to clean up the foot of that cross. Darren was still on the line crew when this happened. We had to, I think Denny was already off the line crew at this time. We had a, a couple of guys who sang gospel music, and we talked Bible all the time at work, you know, and and uh, I had a, a foot of that cross, it's all level. There's no, no standing at the foot of that cross. We're all equal, all equal. If you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, I'm going to quickly share my salvation story. I think Darren was still on the line crew when this happened. We had, uh, I think Denny was already off the line crew at this time. We had a, a couple of guys who sang gospel music, and we talked Bible all the time. Tonight, I will get saved tomorrow. It was a Tuesday night. The next day was Wednesday. I'd planned on getting saved. Uh, accepting Jesus as my Savior that night at church with Dan Caldwell. So, as it would happen on the line crew, we never worked late. That day we worked late. And I was driving old truck number 70, uh, which uh, Darren and Denny can attest, will go 52 miles an hour with a tailwind downhill in neutral. I'm at work, you know, and and uh, I had a, a kind of a dream one night uh, related to a song I'd been listening to about which well I was drinking out of. 
And it kept me awake all night. And finally, I said a little prayer. Lord, if you will let me get some sleep tonight, I will get saved tomorrow. It was a Tuesday night. The next day was Wednesday. I'd planned on getting saved, uh, accepting Jesus as my Savior that night at church with Dan Caldwell. So as it would happen on the line crew, we never worked late. That day we worked late. And I was driving old didn't have cell phones back then, so I couldn't call ahead and say, hey, I'm coming, wait for me, you know. But we were also working on the Baptist camp up in truck number 70, uh, which uh, Darren and Denny can attest will go 52 miles an hour with a tailwind downhill in neutral. I told my foreman, I said, I've got something more important to do. I'm not going for coffee. And I came home and I got saved that night. I got there like 10 minutes before church was over. And I, we didn't have cell phones back then, so I couldn't call ahead and say, hey, I'm coming. Wait for me, you know. But we were also working on the Baptist camp up in, in that day in, uh, in uh, Laclede County. So I was opposed. I was doing one of my salvation. I wanted it. I wanted what they sing about. I wanted what they preached about. I wanted that joy. My wife was already saved. I wanted what she had. And I was going to get it one way or another. But I put terms on God. If you'll wait, I'll do. Well, a good work for God, or a good work for me with God, I guess it was more for me. Because I wanted my salvation. I wanted it. I wanted what they sing about. I wanted what they preached about. I wanted that joy. My wife was already saved. I wanted what she had. And I was going to get it one way or another. But I put, put but the devil opposed me. You may know Christ but not be building your relationship with him, and the Holy Spirit may be convicting you of sin in your body will be secure. Join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Have it. I gotta have my salvation. But the devil opposed me. You may know Christ, but not be building your relationship with him, and the Holy Spirit may be convicting you of sin in your life. Today's the day. Salvation is free. It's for everybody here. If you don't have it, get it. Your life will never be with everybody here, Lord. Bless them. Keep them safe. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen. For conquering death and sin. Thank you for your eternity. If you have anything you need to pray about, salvation, anything, the altar's open as we sing this song.
this morning we can apply that to our lives and grow uh, I encourage all the men to be at uh, men's Bible study tonight hey, thanks to Earl for his message this morning we can apply that to our lives and grow uh, I encourage all the men to be at uh, men's Bible study tonight and uh, I'm crying out and praying for that one person sitting in this audience Lord that's still white knuckling it Lord whether whatever it may be holding them back, Lord, I ask that uh, you soften them and that you draw them in so they can find the real true freedom in you and that joy that we get from you. Lord, I thank you for all the blessings that you've bestowed upon this church and all these people in here. Lord, we're and that you draw them in so they can find the real true freedom in you and that joy. I love and praise you, Lord, and it's your wonderful name I pray. Thank you. Thank you.